Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodom with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The Beijing Olympics will begin on NBC Universal Wednesday, February 2nd on USA Network and continue through Sunday, February 20th on NBC. As primetime host for his third Olympics, Mike Tirico has an interesting countdown to these games as he explains his history with the NBC Olympics team. It's kind of a 4-3-2-1 for me. This is my fourth Olympic Games with NBC, third is primetime host, second Winter Games. And I'll get to the one in a second. You know, for me, as we came off of Tokyo, it was uh, pretty quickly into football. So it's been a, a lot of a split life of, especially the last five or six weeks, watch your football, do your football prep for Football Night in America and calling some games and then do the prep for the Olympics. And it's been a challenge, but it's been so much fun. And I think easier because it is my second Winter Games as the primetime host. A lot of the characters repeat and return. The storylines, the sports that we don't cover mainstream as much are more first nature, and I've been watching them the last three or four years. And uh, in terms of the three, doing three primetime games in Asia, for me it has already answered the question of what the days will be like and the rhythm of flipping your body schedule and our mornings in Asia are nighttime and primetime back in the United States, East and West Coast. So that's all fun. So as I said, fourth Olympics, third primetime, second winter. And the one is the once in a generation, once in a career, never happened before part of this, that we'll get the opportunity to be a part of the Olympics and the Super Bowl on the same day, February 13th, will be the most massive undertaking that any company has been involved with in terms of sports broadcasting with the biggest event in the world, the Olympics, and the biggest event in America, the Super Bowl, on the same day. From NBC's first night in primetime, Thursday, February 3rd, through Thursday, February 10th, Tariko will host from China. The next night, he'll host from a special set outside of SoFi Stadium ahead of the Super Bowl on NBC Sunday, February 13th. The big game will be sandwiched by Olympics programming. Executive producer and president of NBC Olympics production Molly Solomon and Tariko preview one of the people to watch in a new Olympics event that will air after the Super Bowl. They also introduce a tease of a piece by NBC figure skating analyst Johnny Weir on a teenage Russian figure skater. Up first, Solomon highlights how NBC will feature athlete friends and family in the United States. Once again, for the Beijing Games, we're going to be hanging out with Team USA's family and friends. There's watch parties planned in Park City in Lake Placid. Uh, I know the figure skating community, the first weekend is going to all get together. So um, we just can't wait to be there if they'll allow us to. Um, I really think it's a great way to connect Team USA to their family back home, particularly in those mixed zone interviews. So it does inject the broadcast with so much emotion. So we look forward to making that connection again this time. It's one of my best memories from Alaska to Florida from those Tokyo games. We had smiles and saw emotion and tears, and uh, we very likely can see that again. So there's a group that we all work with. There are so many teams that you don't get to see that behind the scenes are the backbone and the foundation of what we put on TV. And one of them has been our Olympic profiles team. Over the years, you've seen those amazing Olympic profiles. Molly, I can't think of a group of our colleagues who've had a tougher road over the last seven months than that group. 
That's right. And don't forget the same group does all of the Super Bowl pregame uh, features as well. So they've been mighty busy and it's always my honor to share their outstanding work. So brought a couple of things I'd like to share. Um, one of which we talked about Monobob coming out of the Super Bowl. And one of the two U.S. contenders is Alana Myers Taylor. And her life has changed so much since the last Olympics. So take a look. Nico was born on February 22nd, 2020, which happened to be the second day of Women's Bobsled World Championships of that year. Just in time to try and find out who won. So uh, I think it goes to show you how much of a bobsled baby he really is. Where's Nico? There he is. We found out he may have Down syndrome while we were in the hospital. Um, he spent about eight days in the NICU. At that time too, we were so wrapped up with just trying to get him out of the NICU and just trying to get him healthy that the Down syndrome diagnosis didn't really phase us. It wasn't until later that we really started to process what that meant. Hi Nico, good job. But the moment he was born, he became my sole focus and you know, I was gonna do whatever I needed to take care of him. And if that meant giving up bobsled, that's what was gonna happen. Oh, you hug it under daddy's arm. The crazy thing is, it was never a question in Nick's mind on whether or not we could make this happen. Like, he is one of the most positive, optimistic people I've ever met. And he always knew that if I wanted to, like, we'd make this work. She's still the best starter in the world. Alana Myers-Taylor for Team USA goes to the top. Right now, she's an Olympic athlete. In 10 minutes' time, she'll be back to being mama. Myers-Taylor! Oh my gosh, figuring out the logistics of bringing a baby on World Cup was chaos. Where's your shoe go? We'll play some music on the way. All right, you ready? The Myers-Taylor Traveling Circus includes multiple types of strollers, toys, all kinds of stuff. He even had a sled at some point. Even on the road, you know, he's got therapies he needs to go to, whether it's for his hearing or for the Down syndrome and stuff like that. So it includes everything we have to travel with, but also everything we do on a daily basis to make sure he's taken care of, along with bobsled. One, two, three, four. I think one of the hardest things sometimes is, you know, being at a race and knowing that you had a rough night with Nico and that's not something all your competitors are dealing with. <laughs> but then I remember he is the reason that I'm still bobsledding to this day because I wanted to prove to him that just because you have stuff to overcome, it doesn't mean you have to stop going after your dreams. You know, the world might tell you, you can't do this or you can't do that, but there are no limits to what he can accomplish. Quite a story, fourth Olympic Games, with so much that's happened between the third and the fourth. And Alana Myers-Taylor could be one of those who we see in a very featured spot after the Super Bowl on Sunday night, February 13th. Uh, Molly, if we're talking about international stories, there's one that really has captured the attention of the Olympic world. Maybe the best group of individuals in one sport from one country. You talk about podium sweep potential could be the Russian figure skaters on the women's side. And they have an incredible story to tell and a pretty cool person we're going to have tell their story. 
Yeah, you're right, Mike. And it's been so difficult to get access to particularly um, international athletes um, during the pandemic, but we persevered because we thought it was essential to go to Russia, like you said, to pull back the curtain on these Russian women who are doing unprecedented things. And who better to send than the intrepid Johnny Weir? So take a look at the story of 15-year-old Camila Valieva. She's the highest scoring woman in the history of figure skating. Russians have long admired the fine arts, and Kamila Valieva, cultured beyond her 15 years, has found inspiration for her skating in these very galleries. There's a Picasso here that caught Valieva's eye, of a girl on a ball. And two years ago, she became that girl on the ice. But it isn't just the masterpieces on these walls that inspire her. You can't be a Russian figure skater unless you have an appreciation for the classic art form of ballet. For Solomon, who started as a researcher on NBC's 1992 Barcelona Olympics, people and storytelling are at the core of the Games. She shares four American athletes to follow in Beijing. We said Tokyo was going to be one of the most challenging Olympics of our lifetime. I retract that. Beijing is unique in this regard, and we're going to talk about that today. But I, I wanted to start by making sure we don't forget some of the amazing storylines that, that are, we expect to happen in Beijing. First, we've really got four once-in-a-generation athletes competing live in primetime and prime plus because of the Asian time difference. We're 13 hours ahead in Beijing. First of all, you've got Michaela Schifrin, who's expected to compete in as many as five events. And really, with a couple of medals, she'll really cement her Olympic legacy. We've also got figure skater Nathan Chen, who as you know, has been virtually unbeatable in, since the last Olympics. And the question is, can he shake off that disastrous short program in 2018 and finally win the gold medal? And I get really excited about halfpipe. Chloe Kim is defending her halfpipe gold medal, and she is the hottest athlete on the planet right now. And then there's Sean White, who at age 35 is coming back for one final Olympic appearance, and he's going to be competing against kids half his age. So really excited to, to, to watch all of them, really special athletes. While athletes are the stars of any Olympics, Solomon knows the competition happens in a geopolitical context. That's especially true in Beijing, which will become the first city to host both a summer and a winter games. Solomon says NBC has a track record for covering news at the Olympics. NBC News will be on site to cover the news in China. As you probably know, we have a Beijing-based bureau there. Uh, and NBC Olympics will cover the issues that impact the games as needed. And, you know, I think it's always important to remember that we have a record of not shying away from these topics. Not in 2008, the last time the games were in China, in Sochi, in Pyeongchang. And most recently, we covered COVID and the athlete protests in Tokyo. So we also plan to have reporters at all Beijing venues. So if something happens, we'll have our own, own cameras on site. With 109 medals to be awarded in 15 sports, where can America watch over 2,800 hours of competition? Solomon details the daily programming schedule across the services of NBC Universal. It's a little simpler than the summer because the Winter Olympics is um, a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate, but here, here's the plan. NBC will have afternoon daily coverage. 
then we'll have primetime and prime plus and that will be live across the country live in all time zones similar to what we started in pyeongchang and continued in tokyo now with nbc sports network shuttering usa network becomes our primary cable home so 24 7 long form live Olympic coverage. And then CNBC always has its traditional post-market uh, curling show. Plus we'll also have some prime time, additional curling in international hockey. And on streaming, Peacock simply has it all. So we've eliminated the confusion. They've got the full complement of the Olympics and you're gonna hear more on that a little later in this presentation. Plus we always have live event streaming on NBCOlympics.com and the sports app where you can see everything. And I think it's always important in the Winter Olympics, there's a change, right? The primetime show starts on Thursday night, February 3rd, the night before the opening ceremony. And we're gonna have the live team figure skating event. With last summer's Tokyo games barely in the rearview mirror, Solomon doubles down on Peacock's importance to the Beijing Olympics and explains two other ways NBC will tell you where to watch. You know, the upside of getting to do an Olympics a couple of months after another is that you immediately get to, you know, really listen to the viewer feedback and, and our own critique of ourselves and our presentation. And we've really focused on making um, the thousands of hours we produce more intuitive findable. How can you make it easy for the viewer to find what they're looking for? So we're doing that in three ways. First, we mentioned Peacock, eliminating the confusion, every event on Peacock. Second, we've um, really um, enhanced our customization of the schedule on NBCOlympics.com. So you can find whatever you want, linear, digital, or streaming by going there. And finally, we're gonna double down on on-screen executions. So more information for the viewer. Studio segments will have tickers reminding you what's coming up. So we'll use different graphical executions to ensure information is out there. So everybody knows what's coming up and where to find what they want. The amended Olympic motto of faster, higher, stronger, together has been adopted by NBC as it attempts to provide more perspective on the rink and the slopes. Solomon explains. These skaters, both on the men's and women's side, are continuing to elevate the sport with quadruple jumps. And so we really wanted to make sure that we're better explaining, you know, these amazing feats. So we've added four super slow-mo cameras, one in each quarter of the rink. That brings us up to 22 cameras at figure skating. And that's really going to help the viewer better understand the rotations on these jumps that determine their scores. Um, we're also using strobe motion, um, athlete tracking technology for enhanced replay packages. And I put a challenge down to Tara and Johnny to become titans of the telly and channel their inner John Madden. So I think that all in all is going to come across as a really enhanced figure skating um, broadcast. And then up at snowboarding, we're actually going to have raw motion data tracking. So what the heck does that mean? That means that you'll be able to see the jump height in the half pipe, which is really cool. And at Alpine, we've added um, motion sensors to give us even better wind and speed. Combining the perspectives of NBC News and Olympics, the network welcomes to the team the Today Show's Craig Melvin and four-time World Cup champion and Olympic downhill gold medalist Lindsey Vaughn. The two discuss Vaughn's transition to TV both in front of and behind the camera. I am thrilled to be a part of the NBC News and NBC Olympics teams for these Winter Games. Uh, and here with me, another newbie, the newest member of Team NBC Olympics, ladies and gentlemen, Lindsey Vaughn, who will be joining me as a primetime correspondent. Are you ready? 
I am so ready. Born for this. Let's do it. I mean, here's the thing. You you are the most decorated female alpine skier of all time. You've competed in four winter games on Team USA. What what are you looking forward to most as as part of Team NBC for these games? I'm excited to kind of give a different perspective. You know, I think Michael Phelps was such a good addition to the summer games, and I hope that I can bring the same perspective to the winter games. Um, I'm definitely still going to be jealous of the competitors, but um, I'm excited to just be um, be with you guys, be on the team, and hopefully provide some new insights. I mean, so do you do you still miss competing at this point? I mean, I think I always will, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so I love going fast and I miss, you know, the thrill of downhill and competition, but I, I'm happy to be on the sidelines at this point, especially for these games. Who do you think are our gold medal favorites heading into Beijing for us? I think there's so many Americans that are going to do well. Uh, Nathan Chen, you know, obviously just won. Um, I think it was U.S. Nationals um, and, you know, Breezy Johnson is I'm a big fan of. She's uh, I've been mentoring her for quite some time now. She's been on the podium in every single downhill race. And obviously the favorite, uh, Michaela Schifrin, she just broke the slalom record. So I think there's going to be plenty of favorites for Team USA. And here's the thing. I mean, you're, you're not just joining us uh, as, as an analyst. We're not just going to be getting your perspective and your insight You've also been pretty busy behind the camera as, as well, uh, directing this new documentary for Peacock on Peekaboo Street. What was it like chronicling the life of your childhood hero? It was such an honor to be able to do this documentary on Peekaboo. I mean, I met her when I was nine years old, and she's really what the person that inspired to me inspired me to be an Olympian. Um, and also, you know, my first time directing and also producing with Frank Marshall was such a privilege. So I, I hope everyone enjoys it. It'll be on Peacock January 21st. You mastered the slopes. You made your country proud and you continue to make us proud. Uh, this TV thing, it can be a little tricky, Lindsay. Have you been practicing at all? How now, brown cow? I've practiced so many times. <laughs> yes, it's that simple. How now, brown cow? That's simple, it's that uh, simple. You Stay classy, going, San Diego. It's all you need. We're good. I'm Craig Melvin. I'm Craig Melvin. You, uh, you, you are uh, going to fit in very well here at the Peacock, and we are so excited to have you, Lindsay. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you. While some members of NBC's team will be in China, NBC Sports Group's headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut, will be home to many more during the games. NBC Sports Group chairman Pete Bavacqua says while it's in part because of the pandemic, it's also been the progression of television production. Stanford is our home, and, uh, you know, again, we'll be prepared. We had over 1,500 people here during the Tokyo, during the summer games. We'll have well over 1,000 people here for Beijing for the winter games. And this is the fifth time we'll have used Stanford as part of our Olympic home. But, uh, you know, we'll make sure we have to do everything to keep people safe and sound. But with advancements in technology, that connectivity between what we're doing in Beijing and what we do here in Stanford in our home base, I know we won't skip a beat. And again, we've gone through this rightly or wrongly for good or for bad. We've been dealing with live sports during a pandemic for 18 months, including the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. So this team is tested. This team is ready. NBC markets its Olympics and Super Bowl Sunday as once in a lifetime. But as the following clips set to a soundtrack by John Williams remind us, every Olympic Games has once in a lifetime moments. Believe 
favorite. Sean White takes the goal. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.